You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode 21. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for sharing your day with us. It's an absolute pleasure to bring you another episode of the Q's Podcast. As you know, we use this form as a means to talk to credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. I think you'll like today's episode because our special guest is Mike Neal of Michael Neal & Associates. Mike works with Q's to offer ServiceStar, a robust program that helps credit unions shift from order-taking to needs-based selling. Learn more at Q's.org slash ServiceStar. In addition, Mike is one of the instructors at the Q School of Member Experience, which takes place this September in Orlando. Attendees will gain the knowledge they need to build an outstanding member experience at every credit union touchpoint. It's a great for sales and service executives, chief experience officers, branch managers, and those who lead in marketing, operations, and human resource areas at your credit union. Some key takeaways from my interview with Mike Neal include, what is the most critical driver of member experience? How can you dominate in member experience? We'll identify areas where you can make the most improvements in member experience and we'll identify how employee experience intersects with member experience. Now it's time to go straight to my conversation on member experience with Mike Neal. Mike, thank you for being a guest here on the Q's podcast. Really looking forward to this interview and sharing your experiences and how you can create added value to our members. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. My pleasure. First question I want to ask, Mike, is what do you believe is the most critical driver of member experience? Well, I think it really comes down to the ease of use. There's been so many pieces of research that would back me up on that. The original Forrester Research Group studies that were done a few years ago tying the corollary of the ease of use to customers' willingness to spend more money with you is huge. The the corollary is somewhere around 0.75, and the most significant corollary you can have in anything is a 1.00. I mean, there, there are articles being written in the New York Times today, uh, such as peanut butter and jelly cause cancer, right, that, that have less corollaries between them than the member effort question and member share of wallet. We're not saying that peanut butter and jelly causes cancer, but of those people that do have cancer, many of them have had peanut butter and jelly at the same time, right? We, we had this uh, idea here that there's a really strong corollary between how easy you make it to do business with a member and they're willing to spend more money with you. And uh, so that's huge. That's, that's the number one, I think, driver. Make it simple. For your members. Right. And, and isn't that simple? It almost sounds like, well, it's got to be more complicated than that, <laughs> right? Well, then there, there's the conundrum. Uh, simplicity is simple then by definition. But the challenge is that we don't often do that. We, we set our procedures. We set our processes up, uh, so that they work for how we want to input the data, how we want to process the data how we want to take the application, when we want to take the application, the way the data should flow for us. and so It's kind of like going when you go to the doctor and your new patient, the dreaded new patient, right. and, and, you know, they ask you the same question on five different forms, your social security number, your date of birth, uh, your all those things, and, and, and you ask, so I'm a new patient. Why am I filling out the same information on five different forms? What is the question? What is the answer? 
oh, well, these different forums are used by different people to input different data. So rather than making it easy for you to input the data one time, you've got to fill out five forms in the waiting room because they disperse those forms to five different people. And, of course, they can't circulate a piece of paper, right? Right. So I'm a new patient now that we've moved to Nashville, and they have everything online. And so you go in there and you input it in a central storing place, and you do it one time, and you do it from home at your leisure. It improves the customer experience. Now, interestingly enough, this medical group was voted one of the top ten in the United States in patient experience. Interesting. One place makes it easy to do business. One place doesn't. Now, if you look at the the places where the, the organizations that dominate in this customer experience ease of use, they also dominate their field and profitability. Uh, Chick-fil-A, uh, number one uh, in uh, customer experience in fast food, most profitable, Aldi, uh, way up there, Publix grocery store, way up there, Delta Airlines, again, they're not probably way up there universally, but compared to the other airlines, they actually are. They make more money. So not only is there a theoretical corollary between ease of use and share of wallet, there is actually a proven bit of research that would validate that. Positive correlation between ease of use and uh, satisfaction. Yep. And we've got to pay attention to that. I don't think we pay attention to that nearly as much as we should in credit unions. Appreciate that. Thank you. How can credit unions dominate in this area? Well, if you think about uh, kind of like a needs hierarchy, um, th- there's one in member experience for us. And, and at the lowest level is, did the member get what they want, right? Regardless of all the hoops they had to jump through, did they get what they want? Next one is ease of use. So that's in the middle. Uh, the next one is, I had a really good experience. That's at the top level. So once we get ease of use mastered, it's did we make it an enjoyable experience? In other words, did we give them information that they did not have that allows them to save money, to make money, to make life more convenient, to make life easier to navigate? Did we do something for them that they thought they were going to have to do themselves? Uh, and so it's creating that member delight. Chick-fil-A would be another good example of that where, you know, uh, rather than saying no problem, have a good one, they say, it'll be my pleasure. Right? And then when they have take your order, they don't give you a number. They'll say, and may I have your name? And they'll say, Mike, rather than six, eight, nine, yeah. Right? And, right. And so what they try Little to do is make a difference. Well, you think about it. Basically, they're serving a chicken sandwich, right. not a revolutionary principle, right? People have been serving chicken sandwiches for a long time. So, and it is a good chicken sandwich, but they also uh, charge a lot for it. But they do a lot uh, for schools and they do a lot for community. And the other thing that they do is when you're there, they try to make this chicken sandwich experience to be the best it can be. I mean, they're they're not curing cancer, right? But the idea is, what can we do to make it different and better? But they also have a very limited menu. Why? 
That's why the Chick-fil-A drive-thru goes so fast. That's why when the Chick-fil-A drive-thru um, gets backed up, they have somebody out there with a uh, an iPad uh, taking your order and zapping your card so that you just swing by and pick up the food. They're always trying to find a way to make it easier, but always also trying to find a way to make it um, just better. So ease of use is area I think we really need to concentrate on in credit unions. Uh, about 70% of credit members indicate that they go to the website to get information, then they have to go to another resource, like the call center. Hey, I'm trying to find your rates on the website, but I can't find it. Can you just tell me what they are? It's called channel thrashing. And about 70% of members indicate that they try to go through a web-based portal, and then they wind up having to call or send an email, channel thrash, to get the information. So we've got to improve there. But once we do, to be able to dominate, you've got to create a an outstanding experience. Where can credit unions make the most improvement, do you think? Uh, I really do think uh, a big part of it is in navigating the member experience out to in. You know, engineers have a tendency to want to design things based on what they think works. Really great companies that have been around a long time realize that what we need to do is we need to find out what our customers want, and then we need to design something that will fix that problem, and then that they'll want to enjoy being involved in. Apple's done a great job of that over the years, right? Rather than, hey, we are going to build this computer that will do let you compute Hey, what is it you don't like about computing? Now let's get it engineered to make it easier and enjoyable for people to compute or be on a phone or whatever. And so I think we need to reverse engineer something. And, and so what we need to do is we need to do something called member journey mapping and member effort auditing, where we actually look through the member's eyes how they apply for a loan in the various means, the steps that they go through to completion to see are there redundancies, are there inconveniences that we can minimize, processes that we can improve. And then the effort audit is then having members together apply for a loan and then just watch them and listen to them what we used to call a focus group, right? But right. In, a, in an effort audit, what's actually happening here is you're, you've got your members together and um, uh, Feline Research Institute's done a great job uh, with a lot of research in this area and just listen to them talk. Hey, can you find this on your form? You know, I'm not able to find this on the internet. And they're, they're talking to each other and you begin to see where your sticking points are. Now, then you can take that next step even though you've engineered it as well as you could in your first iteration, and you find ways to make it easier and better by listening to them once you've redesigned. Now you've got your final design for lending to make it as easy as possible for them to borrow money from you. (laughs) What a great idea. (laughs) How do we make it easy for people to borrow money from us? And that's a big part of it. And we know that, right? We've called captive financing. You're there at the dealership. You see your car, you want to drive your car right now, they understand. How, how do we make it easy to do business with us? You know, and you, you do a couple of signatures and you're gone, right? And they don't want to take that next step. 
So we understand that ease of use, quick access is important. We have for years. We've just got to do it better here. I think member journey mapping and effort auditing would be a big help. That's part of being conscious of the member and the steps involved in the process. Absolutely. Very good uh, thoughts there. Mike, how does employee experience intersect with member experience? Yeah, and that's a good question because, uh, you know, we have a tendency to think in this experience discussion along the lines of technology and process, and we should because member experience is really not complicated because it is everything. (laughs) I mean, it's your technology, it's your branches, it's your employees, it's your third-party vendors, and the systems that you have purchased, that your members intersect with, that you don't own. So it's really everything. It's every area which your member is going to intersect with your credit union in some way. And you can have the best processes, and you can have the best systems and the easiest way to use things and still have it messed up by disengaged employees. That's where this intersection comes in. I'll tell you just a quick story. So I'm at a credit union who's asked me to come in and look at their member experience and audit it, uh, so to speak. So we're in a lobby and, and we're doing branch tours on this particular day. And I'm telling you, um, James, every branch was beautiful. They all looked alike. Aluminum, glass, modern. And no matter which branch you went to, they all looked alike. Branding people would have loved that. They may have been bigger or smaller, but they were the same right. design. And when you came in, you didn't have to worry about where to go. You, you had this little kiosk, and then you'd go type in your telephone number and recognize your telephone number and say, how can we help you? And you, you choose your request. And then it would tell you how long you're probably going to have to wait to see somebody. So then you could make a, a judgment. So it was technology was there setting the stage for the member to understand how long the potential wait was. And then they sat down. Of course, there was the learning library over there that they could have gone to. And of course, free coffee and they're sitting down there. Everything should be just perfect, right? The one employee that was not engaged with a member, though, was sitting there, and I could see her computer screen playing blackjack on her computer. Now, why did she feel like she could play blackjack on her computer while there were people waiting? Because the technology facilitated it. Because just like in a call center, she could see how long they've been waiting until the little computer bar started flashing red. She hadn't run out of time to play blackjack. So I'm thinking, this cannot be happening. And so she's looking and she's, you know, and of course she goes bust on, I guess she gets 25 and she kind of sighs. And so then, of course, you don't have uh, doors on your walls in our modern world, right? So it's just a, a... uh, you know, metal and glass opening, uh, conversation center, not an office, right? And so she, she pulls her chair back so her mouth is aligned with the opening of the door and she goes, Smith, <laughs> right? Cause there's no door to block it. So you just yell out in a direct way and they look up like, Oh, is that you, Lord? I thought God's voice would be different than that, but I guess that, so they scurry in there like they're trying to escape, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, uh, some place they don't want to be, uh, like this last train out and they go in there and start talking. And the person that was escorting me is watching this whole thing unfold with me. 
And, uh, you know, I'm brilliant. So I say, that's not good. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. And she goes, that's not the way that's supposed to work. So I said, well, let, let's get something to eat. And, and so we just walked across the street and it just happened to be, we walked into Chick-fil-A. How may I help you? I'll be happy to do that for you. Please let me get you something else to drink. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for coming in. And then as we were walking out, I said, you guys just out got, got out served by a fast food restaurant. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we make fun of those people, right? Oh, maybe we get promoted to fries. I mean, we talk about them like they're the lowest rung of working class. I mean, people just do, unfortunately. But in that place and time, Somebody working at Chick-fil-A, taking an order for a chicken sandwich, made that an experience while the person that had all the technology in a quote-unquote professional environment leveraged the technology and what was designed to be ease of use to allow them to continue to play blackjack. I'm telling you, you can't design systems and procedures that disengaged employees can't mess up. And so... The, the numbers are staggering, James. 55% of the employees in the United States say they're disengaged in their work. Over half say the job doesn't even matter to them. On top of that, another 16% say I'm actively disengaged in my work. Not only do I not care, I want you to not care, James. It will be my job to make you realize you shouldn't care if you do care. You're the weirdo. I'm actively disengaged. I'm recruiting volunteers in my disengaged army. 71% of employees at some level say they're disengaged. And credit unions have not done a very good job over the last several years. Uh, it's starting to turn now. Uh, but we're behind the power curve on understanding that you can't create a great member experience without employees who believe they're having a great employee experience. And so we've got to do much better with that. And all the ways we can do that probably are a podcast for another day. But uh, And I'd love to do that. But creating that, that employee experience is critical to member experience because it's not just about technology. It's not just about uh, systems. You've been a wonderful partner with QS. Can you talk about the Service Star program and what you offer when you work with credit unions? Yeah. And so that's what we do. I mean, uh, you could think of us as a, as a design build firm, right? And anybody that's ever built their own house says, I wish I'd done it different. And I'll never do it again. Right. I mean, I know those people. It's like, Oh, we built our own house. Would you ever do it again? No. You know, it took a long time, a lot of cuts and bruises, a lot of stress, but you know, that's what we do. We allow you to get from where you are to where you want to be faster, more efficiently, and more permanently. Because we, this is what we do over and over again. We go into a credit union and we help them find where their gaps are in the member experience. And then we bring in all the tools needed to be able to take that member experience to the highest level. And our clients have, you know, a top Top 100% of the service rated credit unions in the United States are our clients and half of the, half of the, uh, NAFQ credit unions of the year over the last, you know, two, three years are our clients. So what we do works and works over again. We've done it over 300 times over the last 18 and a half years, but that's really what we do because, you know, credit union leaders are great at what they do. They're great at what they do, but this hasn't been part of what they do. 
And so it's just one of those things where you can't do everything. And so find somebody that really knows how to do this piece of it to come in and then show us how to do it. But the key thing is, James, you've got to create these types of systems and engagement tools that will allow it to go on in perpetuity, you know, because training programs, you know, they're a dime a dozen. I mean, if people did what they were trained to do, nobody'd be overweight, right? I mean, I wouldn't have to lose 20, well, maybe more than 20, but we're, we're doing this on a podcast. So I'm going to say 20 because <laughs> nobody can see me, uh, 20 pounds because I, everybody understands how you lose weight, eat healthy foods, even mm-hmm. moderation, drink lots of water, exercise every day, right? Those four ideas suck. Right. So it's, you go to that training class and you walk out in the middle of it, right? Cause you don't want to do it. So service training doesn't make people give better service. It just tells them, here's what we'd like for you to do, but it doesn't make me engaged, right? So there's, we know there's ways that you create engagement. We know there's ways that you minimize disengagement. We bring those to bear and create engagement within the employees. We know there's ways to uh, develop systems and strategies and member experience so that it's more enjoyable uh, and with less effort. So that's what we do. Ultimately, what we do is we, we allow the credit union to get where they want to be faster, more efficiently, ultimately less money because what we do works repeatedly and this is what we do. Appreciate that. Mike, thank you. You've uh, given us some insight on on some of the tools needed for credit unions to succeed. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, James. My pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day for catching up in the latest Q's podcast episode. Don't forget, we have 20 other episodes. Be sure to check them all out if you haven't and share them with your colleagues. We have a lot more in store for you on our upcoming episodes. We're very excited about them. I also want to thank Mike Neal for serving as guest on today's episode. Mike has recently released his own podcast. It's called the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, and you can find it on podcast directories or go straight to the Q's website at qs.org slash service star. If you would like to contact the Q's podcast team, tell us what you think of it, have an idea for a story, or want to know more, you can do so by emailing podcast at qs.org. For more talent development content from Q's, visit Q's.org now. That is C-U-E-S dot O-R-G. If you are a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit Q's.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.